Hi, hello, hello, hi, and welcome to all our hearts and minds. Thank you again for tuning in. We're here to discuss all things that have been on our hearts and minds, the good and the bad, the concerning and uplifting, or just straight talk. We're your hosts, Kimmy, our passionate heart. What's up? And then there's me, Jeanette, our mind and chronic overthinker. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's just jump into the checkup. How was your week? It was okay. It was kind of hectic getting back into the swing of things, but mm. you no, know, we'll have it's to. It's one of those, yeah, we'll yeah. survive. It's yeah, it's always tough after a holiday. Like you get those in between, like getting a little bit of break. It's kind of like I'll have to get back into the swing of that. What do yeah. they call it? The the humdrum, the nine to yeah, five, the, the hustle and the bustle, man. The hustle and the bustle. So I feel you on that. But other than that, you're okay. You're just getting. Yeah, no, it. everything else is good. Everything is, okay. like, you know, it's all right. But you know, I'm not looking forward to Monday. I'll just be honest, because that's when traffic will pick back up again, and that's when I'll feel really like I'm in the hustle and bustle. But just enjoying myself in the meantime, in between time, trying not to think of Monday already on a Saturday. Can I yeah, get yeah, my yeah. day and a half, please? Yes, enjoy, enjoy please that time. Guys. Please do. Yeah. Time. Okay. <laughs> you know, how about you? <laughs> how are you good. doing? I'm pretty good. I'm glad mm. the sun came, finally came out on Thursday this week. Yes. We got some sun in Toronto. It's been very gray for the past week or so. I mean, it's winter, but at least, even if it's cold, the sun's usually, you know, out. we're used to getting some sun, even mm-hmm. when it's winter in Toronto. So it was a little a bit little weird. I was too. feeling a little bit like, you know, that seasonal depression was like, wait a minute, I need some sun. And Thursday, it was so amazing. Thursday was cold as hell, but uh, the sun was out and it did me really good. But otherwise, yeah, it was a slow week work-wise and life-wise. I thank God for it all. All is well. Mm-hmm. All is good. And just want right. to jump into seeing to our listeners, first of all, should have started with this. Happy New Year. Yes. Happy New Year. So this is our first recording since 2024 has started. So we want to wish all our listeners who stuck with us a Happy New Year and hope you're doing well. And if you're not, good times are coming. Mm-hmm. And then just hold before we there. move. Hold there. Hold worry. in, man. Hold in. And mm-hmm. before we jump into... Our segment, our headlines, I was just going to say, friendly reminder, listeners, please continue to like, rate, comment on Spotify podcasts and Apple podcasts if that's where you listen. If you don't listen there, just go there and drop a note either way. Those are the, the two biggest platforms that really bring listeners in. And we, we want those who are listening, whether you're listening on CastBox or Amazon, wherever you listen, mm-hmm. tuned in. Uh, even if you listen somewhere else, please go on up, up Spotify podcast and Apple podcast and drop us a note or a rating. We appreciate Definitely. it very much. Thank okay. You. So we're going to jump into the headlines. Yes, and please. We'll first start with ease into it. So we're going to start in, with the interesting news uh, that has happened in the U.S., uh, an Ivy League, Harvard. We all know Harvard. Even if you're, even mm-hmm. even a lay person, even somebody under rock knows this right? educational in- intellectual institution of Harvard. Right. And so, recently, I think it was about six six or seven months ago, they hired their first female black woman president, mm-hmm. and uh, there was news. Da 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 da. And amazing. Hey, you know, times are the tides are changing. That was like wonderful news. Hey, you know, for me, I was like, 
all right, it's about time. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, either way, it's a, mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter what your ethnic background is. If you, if you're working in an intellectual institution, you should, you know, there should not be any bias regardless. Right. So now fast forward. And I think it was earlier this week or in the last week of December around that time, it was announced that she would be resigning from her role as uh, president of Harvard and this is like, I believe it's like six months in, like literally, like just six months. I'm like, damn, the lady couldn't even get in a year. They couldn't you know let her have I mean? a year. She's just <laughs> and holding they... a spot for real. She's holding a spot. Don't. And now her tenure is the shortest in history of the university. No. Ooh. That hurts. That really hurts. But she's been under fire because outside of, you know, there's a whole, and I think we talked about this in our episodes when the universities tried to overturn or were successful in overturning in some some of the top Ivy League schools the affirmative action type of programs that were put in those universities to ensure that certain people of certain backgrounds were not excluded based on bias, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... You know, we know affirmative action is a touchy thing. And now the reimagining of it, the remix of it, which is now all these inclusivity and diversity and mm-hmm. initiatives and stuff, they all, I mean, I shouldn't jump them together, but they are from the outside looked at as the same thing. And there are some people and political people, particularly in the US, who are targeting these programs. And that's how that initial issue happened with affirmative action and that, that law, that policymaker, I can't remember his role, but I can't, I wish I looked up his name has been, you know, instrumental in some of the things that happened. And, and uh, I, I would say what's the word defaming Claudine Gay. But I really think the fire came down is this is not just Harvard, but a lot of university campuses have been vocal during the war in the Middle East Mm-hmm. And so there was recently a consultation where uh, a politics. lot of politics, mm-hmm. politics, yes, politics. But you know, there was recently a, a a thing. I can't remember what it was called, but there was like a, all a forum? The, she wasn't Harvard wasn't the only one. There was a forum with some representatives who were asking questions of the university was it because they were concerned, right? However, I think. It's not just, I think she came under extra fire when this congressional hearing happened at the camp at the, the, and she was questioned. And, you know, she was answering, no matter how you feel, but she remember, she is a representative of the university. She is not answering for Claudine Gay. She is answering for Harvard the institution. As a representative of And the so, university. unfortunately, she became a target because she's a voice. And so she was her side without you know getting into the quote and the exact wording that she used which might have you know inflamed obviously inflamed somebody because <laughs> she had to resign wow <laughs> so well, you know when, when i first heard about this story when you were telling me about it yeah. i looked farther into it and i was like yeah. miss me with it harvard there's no way that you put her in this position to mm. represent such a prestigious university and didn't do any background check like i'm sorry you want me to believe the nonsense Mm. and i just can't i'm finding it very hard to 
this is the most prestigious school in the world. In the world. Mm-hmm. In the world. I don't. It doesn't matter where you go to. Okay, you can go to the depths of Bangladesh, and they will know about Harvard. So, I I just don't see how you didn't do any background checks. No, what yeah. happened and, was and, and so you that's put how a black yes. woman to represent mm. Harvard as mm. a space holder for someone you really want representing the university, and in the meantime, you put in her you put her in a position where she had to be professional and stand as. Yeah the president of harvard and make statements that you have directed her to make and now when the shit hits the fan harvard Mm -hmm. wants to say that she's plagiarizing of course she's gonna of course she's gonna resign if she has any sort of an ounce for her Mm -hmm. career any sort mm-hmm. of anything and her, her own career. personal mental safety her psychological all safety. that too all that yeah. too you're not gonna embarrass me no yeah. sir and no. in her letter in her resignation letter she cited personal tax fueled by racial animus and stated that she wished to act in the best interest of the harvard community and to enable it to navigate current tensions sparked by the israel gaza war and so Sorry to hear this, but girl, at least she still has her job. She's not the president of Harvard, but she still is a tenured professor to continue her role yeah, there. Yeah, but it's not going to make it easy for her while she's there. Yeah, it might be. T- it might be tough, but you know what? She's well, you know, it's a lot, a lot less pressure. I would say, especially with the backlash from the congressional hearing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, prayers up. I'm. She'll be all right. She's. I was looking she'll at her right. resume. She's smart enough to figure her way around this. If she's yeah, smart she enough to get dean. her backside in, in president position of Harvard, she'll be all it's right. It's okay. At this point, I, I wouldn't even. You know, if Harvard was able to be pressured to, or who you know, I mean, I'm doing a lot of assumptions here. But here's my assumption, my point of view, people. I this is not facts. She was pressured. There was pressure on the university after that hearing. And everybody wants to pull in the affirmative action, racial diversity thing, and all of that amalgamated to her being like, I ain't got no time. I don't want to deal no more of this bullshit. And yeah. she put in her resignation. It's not worth it. And, no, you know, she has a tenured- it- she has she can still have a career after this in whatever particular field that she, uh, she wants, has a yeah. tenured in. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Why am I going to let you destroy my integrity, my career, everything that I've worked so hard for to build, dragging me through what, I guess, a hearing to see if I am, I am I did plagiarize or not? Nah, screw all of that. I understand what my role was. I, I filled a six-month gap. Now you can get who you really want to be here. But what I do want to say in this story, what really rang to me was little black girls... You can mm. do anything your heart desires. Anything. Anything. This, she, she made history. Mm-hmm. Okay? She made history being the president and the face of such a prestigious school. So we can do anything we want. We just have to put our mind to it. That's it. That's it. And so she she kept it pushing. But And so will we. <laughs> You'll be yeah. all right. She'll Ms. be Gray, all right. Miss Gay, you'll be all right. She she went through a rigor. This is Harvard. She went through a rigorous process to become to get this role. And so, and so how so is it say, now? We're figuring out that she yeah. Dressed, so like, that's where we're call, I'm calling. Won't want bullshit. But yeah, we'll we'll we know let that. 
We know, you know what, what it, it really is. is. We'll we'll keep it pushing though. All right, she'll be all right. She was like the dean of social sciences there. Her resume is pristine. She's all good. Yeah. All right. So next we'll move on to another big story that mm-hmm. came up uh, globally is the Epstein list. Mm-hmm. Some of some of the stuff came out. It wasn't. It's not in its entirety. I don't think, but. A full, I think there's uh, some some anonymous people, the Jane Doe's who are in that mm-hmm. case, have want to remain anonymous. So there's a process going on to keep those people anonymous anonymous before they release the rest. But um, some of them came out already, and names that popped up and allegations was obviously bill clinton but we've been no he's a he's dirty yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a dusty he's a dirty old man dirty old freak mm-hmm. the one that surprised me because the man is the paraplegic right is, uh, stephen hawking like how is that even i don't know i was like what but supposedly he likes to see naked midgets do math how- problems and a on a blackboard or chalkboard that was too high i was like that is very specific but if you're somebody like that, I'd assume your kink is very specific. Wow. So interesting. <laughs> of course, Donald Trump is on there. We already knew about that. I mean, y'all can look it up. It's like everybody who's who, Tyra Banks is on there. I'm sure Oprah is on there. Michael Jackson's on there. Like everybody who's on there. But if anybody who watched the documentary or even the people who follow this case, a lot of people know is that really what Epstein was doing outside of the sex trafficking and all of those awful things um, that he was, you know, that he did with younger girls is that his real operation was blackmailing people in power. And so he would have parties, he would bring people over, obviously entertain them, give them whatever they want. And if whatever they want falls into the questionable category, i.e. Bill Clinton, who likes them young, then, you know, disgusting then you know he has he has he has a lot of power if you have power over somebody who's powerful you you're the puppet master right the corruption of it all the it's corruption just... of it all we know it's so deep but um deep and so... just disgusting mm. and this list like i am really i know that a part of this list is probably people that didn't really know what yes. was going on behind the scenes i know there's mm. probably a portion Mm. But to just be on the list and associated, like mm. that's that's what I've I've been noticing is association. You know, that's a big thing now. Anything mm-hmm. that you're associated to can bring your career to its knees. Literally. Yeah, but it's like everybody. So it's kind of like who? It's like literally everybody. Like I see Naomi Campbell, I see Cameron Diaz. Right now, the list that I see, there's 90 people, and there's only four people redacted. Like whoever's been redacted, interesting. And that's interesting. We'll see. But that that we're like, I think when they fully release the documents, then you can really get a better idea. But I I don't know. I don't think I feel like if there is something really scandalous in them, we would have a preview like of people who were in the court cases or whatever would have said it or hinted at it already, you know? So I kind of right. feel like it's and just, just going to be a redacted list. redacted paid a hefty price to be redacted. You understand? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Those four it people, I'm curious. Because what, what would be motivating to him? Look at all the other people he's letting loose on his list. What's motivated to him? Money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, some sort of trade-off of some way, somehow. Mm. But if... 
this whole list thing is just so, I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me. But anyways, it's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. we'll stay tuned to when everything is fully released. I think they said maybe middle of January. Mm. But uh, we'll stay tuned for the Epstein list. Next was, you know, we had to add a little levity, a little mm-hmm. jokey joke. And our, our boy, Boosie, Boosie the Clown, Boosie, Boosie <laughs> is just always <laughs> causing a ruckus. Too much. Always causing a ruckus. Recently, Boosie went to uh, go see The Color Purple, which is out right now. And... Um, Showing everywhere in theaters. I actually went to check it out in a noon, a noon uh, showing today, just because mm. I'm like, I just wanted, I really wanted to give it my support. And so he he announced on uh, Twitter, which I mean, I know he's been doing well for being on social media, great, but I don't know, like he didn't need to say, you know, I, him going on. I guess he wanted to start the dialogue, but he knows anytime he gets into the. L, you know lgbtq everything else mm-hmm. in between it's gonna be it's gonna start something because now that's his thing like that's another thing i'm like as a reputation do you want to know about be known as a guy who's always like because after a while it starts to look questionable like you know why is, is this keeping you up at night like why like you know but right. anyway i'm trying have to find the original tweet have you? right that's it's just it's i think if you talk about it too much just a well, little I think too. he just makes it like he uses it for clout a lot. Clout, I don't... Now, now I now it's obvious. Like, yeah, you can get a yeah. He's he's done very well with it. So hey, exactly. I mean, he's made a lot of money. Man has off to of feed. It. Man has to put food on the table. I guess. So anyway, he started. So this is I found a tweet that started it. He said, "I had to walk out of this color purple movie, and two other older couples walked out also because I had my little girls with me, and it seemed like a." rainbow he put a rainbow love story good acting but whoever wrote the script is pushing a narrative pushing the narrative hard as a parent i will not let my little little girl watch this film and first i'll stop there and say that is fine as a parent you control you should and it is your choice to control whatever your kids consume because you're raising them in a way that you deem fit so that i i don't have a problem with that that's fair Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, like, the thing is, this is a classic story. This story, this book was wrote, was written in mm-hmm. the early 1980s, okay? Mm-hmm. So the narrative was always a narrative. <laughs> so mm-hmm. pretty much this book, this story has been around since 1980. Right. And so to say that whoever wrote the script is pushing a narrative, like, the script is based on a on a story that already existed for over 40 years. So... Kind of stupid, but I mean, Boosie's not known as the most brilliant guy, but there's nothing wrong if, you know, you don't want your little girls to watch this film. But it also isn't a movie for a child. I mean, we as kids saw The Little Purple by accident because it was on TV or whatever, but I was traumatized by that movie. I watched that movie as a very young child. It was yeah, on TV me or too. And I was very traumatized. So if he knew the original story, why did you even go to watch that movie in the first place. Cause that movie starts with her supposed father, like sex, like pretty much raping mm-hmm. her. You see, uh, her husband, like brutally beating her. Like, so if you know the color purple, in the movie, forget the, a book. If you know the original movie, you shouldn't even have walked in there with your little girls. And you know, one thing I wanted to say about the color purple in general, like the movie, mm-hmm. 
it had notes of lesbianism. Yes. In yep. it was the there. actual book. It's, 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 actually, more, it's more pronounced in the book. Yeah. It, I've read the book. A lot yeah. more in the book. Yeah. I think the first time we saw the movie Color Purple, they... I don't think that being homosexual was as um, accepted as it is today. And so they kind of glossed over. They glossed it over. Yeah. They, they really, they really glossed over it in the actual color purple, the movie. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think maybe he, he has an issue with homosexual people. However, he can't quite come to grips with what that issue is. Like, I don't mm. think he really understands what his problem is with the LGBTQA plus, sorry if mm-hmm. I forgot anybody, community. I, I think he doesn't understand why he doesn't, like why he's saying the things that he's saying. And he really doesn't have a problem with them either because he'll tell you that as well. Yes, that's what so, he says, yeah. So I think he's in in a state of confusion of what he Mm -hmm. thinks he's supposed to say and supposed to do and how he really feels. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he displays that often in terms of the movie being for children. No, absolutely not. I think I saw it maybe around nine or 10 years old. Yeah, I was very young when I saw this movie. And I was traumatized. I, I, I knew right off the rip that this parts of this movie wasn't meant for me. As mm. a child, mm. you know, you know, as a child, your your parents will tell you this is big people things. This is big people <laughs> conversation. This is this is something that is beyond my realm as a child and as my parent, what they want me to be exposed to. And so I don't know why you would take your child up in the movie on I purpose. Think, <laughs> I think you should have gone on your own mm. first. And maybe even took it a step farther and saw the original Color Purple, the movie, before going into this. Like, I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, the Color Purple. But maybe you need to rewatch it but from a the, different But to your point, we just called out in the first one, it's very, if you're not paying it, it's very glossed over. If you're not reading into it, you're not going to think nothing. Like, And what we're talking about, listeners, is that Suge Avery and Seeley are actually, they are lovers for a little bit in the, at some point in the book, right? And that and that's hinted at in the 1980, well, I don't remember which year, 83 or 85, I can't remember the exact year that the movie came out. But if you saw that movie, and then you're, you skip forward 40 plus years now, and go into this movie, you will, like, as somebody who just saw it, it is a little bit more pronounced, but it's nothing graphic, it's nothing weird, it's very still pretty light, but it's just more clear that, okay, they are in love with each other. Right. Exactly. Because the yeah. times have changed and there's more acceptance. Mm-hmm. And so they can feel free to kind of express it in wh- whichever clear way that mm-hmm. they want to. But Bootsy, like, I don't know why you bring your child. No, but here's the thing. Is that you won't bring your girl child to see the movie Color Purple. Okay, yep. See it. But you'll get a prostitute. Okay. <laughs> exactly. To deal with your, what is it? Not preteen, just over the, the te- 13. Like the 14, 13 or 14, which both either Year way. old son. This is a grown ass prostitute. Okay. For your, your, your 13, 14 year old son. That says volumes to me, Boosie. 
It does. And you acting this way towards this movie says a lot to me too. It says a lot to me. But Bootsy, just get over yourself. Like, sir, listen, you might not like their actions as, you know, being a homosexual or a a part of the, the community or whatever. But they are people and they can go about and live their life. You don't have to yeah. be involved with that. Yeah. But I, like I said, I think he, he's battling himself. Like there's a conflict within himself. Yeah, you're right. Where- it's not even clear what he's trying to say. Because obviously when you go to the net, you want you want to get attention and clicks and clicks and everything else and in sure between enga- engagement. And you will yeah. get it. But you also know every time this is, this is not a new formula for him getting attention in the media. No, people no. will come and and gather you together, and you never have a response because, like I said, you could the fact that you even sat through the first half of that movie and and didn't walk out with your two young girls is questionable. Thank you. There's, they're seven and nine years old. They're pretty young. That's pretty young to me. Seven. You should and be nine taking them. Old. You should be taking them to see trolls. Like what the hell? You're taking them to see the it. color purple. I don't understand. I don't understand it. it. So, I don't understand it. And I want like go- to have this type of negative say around a very iconic movie in the right? black community. It kind of, but I yeah, think, you're trying to taint it and I'm not going to allow you to. So on with it, we'll <laughs> On with it. But I mean, he does, he does say he enjoyed the acting and the performances, but he had to say his rainbow piece. But I'm going to end this segment because we don't want to give his nonsense too much attention to, like we yeah. said, there's, all, there's, there's also a part of it where he's probably trying to just get some social media engagement. Yeah, he's stupid. Especially around a popular cultural moment, which the color purple is like people who don't know. I want to I want to wrap this up with what how T S Madison gathered him together. But people don't know gather him T S please. The color purple is an iconic movie. If you don't know, you know. Like I don't know how you don't know, but people who are listening who are from the non-black, it's like every black like it's a question. People question your blackness if you haven't seen the color purple. Like okay, forget you the book. You haven't read the book. You if haven't, you haven't read the book, that's you fine. Don't but know at who least the actors are Steven the Spielberg. My God, Steven Spielberg directed. Whoopi Goldberg stars. What's her name? Oprah stars. Um. Danny, Danny, Daniel, Danny Glover, which I couldn't stand him since that movie. I was like, that man is so awful. He traumatized me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, a cultural mo- phenomenon from book to movie to 1980s movie to Broadway play went on Broadway two times. Mm-hmm. And I believe the movie, the musical that is in theaters now is based on the second iteration of the Broadway show. Um, I saw it today. Um, very, it being a musical softened it a lot. I'm not mad. I think as a movie, it's fun because it's a musical. So you're hearing beautiful Fantasia and Danielle Brooks. They all have beautiful voices. Even Taraji surprised Mm -hmm. me. She was singing beautifully. So it's different. It makes it a little bit more digestible. I have to say it doesn't feel as traumatizing as Mm -hmm. the original movie. But yeah, so anyway, we'll, we'll wrap this up with how... T.S. gathered Lil Boosie. So Lil Boosie, you sat there with your daughter while Celie's daddy took her second child that he fathered and gave it to the pastor and his wife. You sat there with your daughters when Mr. came and brought her from her daddy at 14 years old. You sat there with your daughter while Mr. enslaved Celie to cook and clean his nasty house and children. You sat there with your daughter and watched Mr. beat, sexually destroy, 
and dragged Celie all over the floor. You sat there with your daughter and watched Mr. bring his side chick into the house with Celie. But you got up to leave when you saw Celie finally finding love and compassion and some sort of relief from Mr.'s prison. Then you come to try to you come to social media to talk about what about the kids campaign and you've been on and attempt to use God to justify you and the people who stand with you. And they call us delusional. Anyway, that was gather pretty much him. Gather like, him. It's, it's simple. Like, I think you sat too long in that movie to decide to leave if you're seven and nine year old. But anyway, we'll move on. Boosie's going to Boosie. Him, please. Yes. Boosie will be Boosieing. Um, and then finally, this is this is a little bit annoying. It kind of has to do with something that I wanted to leave in 2023, but it won't go because social media is the devil and yeah. it won't let anything die. <laughs> no. And so on January 2nd, this woman fixed herself to come on her social media and talk about things. She shares things she does for her husband that most, I'm going to say in air quotes, modern women won't agree with. First of all, I'm going to caveat that this woman is a wrap up, has a wrap up head. So that tells me she's like into some type of interesting church culture or maybe a, maybe an Israelite or some of those type of Mm -hmm. cultures where they wrap up their head. So that already told me, I want I went on her page. She's like looks like an Israelite because of the, the way she dresses and her head is wrapped up. Um, so obviously in these type of groups, they tend if you're in any religious group, let's say regardless of if what we want to associate them with, this is a whatever religious group, it usually relies and asks women to mostly lean towards the traditional side. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I think similar, and there's nothing, however somebody decides to have their marriage, that's like, this is 2024. I don't care how you want to be a wife to your husband or how your husband wants to be husbanding for you. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. that's your choice. Whatever it is you agreed, this is your marriage, and that's the perfect thing of the marriage. It's between two people. Mm-hmm. A and B. So whatever mm-hmm. that makes you happy and, and comfortable and, mm-hmm. and satisfied, yep, then mm-hmm. you do that. But for you to come here and get the girlies riled, try and get the girls riled up, it's like, do face. you, boo? Do you, boo? Because we've been, like I said, in 2023, 2022, we've been talking, we've seen these stupid debates. Because you it's kind of like. I, and how I feel about these stupid debates is, mm. you know, for myself, there are, I'm a mixture, I'm a blend. I am yeah. a modern woman because mm-hmm. I'm out here working. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, I am traditional in some of my thoughts and I, yeah. it's only because that's how I want to show my husband love and I yes. understand his love language. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so when you're in a relationship, you know, you want to care for the the person, person yeah. just as you would want them to care for you. Right. And I always say that you can't expect what you're not willing to give. Mm. So, you know, we have to have each other's back, you know, and that is in all ways, shape and form. You know, I could Mm -hmm. be cooking and I can't open a jar. I know he's strong here. I give him the jar, (laughs) take the jar. No, please. And open it for me. 
I, I, I'm using that as a very silly example, but I'm saying however your marriage or you want your relationship yes. to be in work that works mm. for you, that keeps you guys engaged with each other, loving each other and keeping God in the center of your union, then do what, what yeah. makes, what, what, you know, whatever works for you works for you. You know, mm -hmm. there are some women who, as of late, I've noticed in the last decade or so who, who don't want to work and don't want to go out in the yeah, workforce. It's a new and, thing. You're right. It's a new thing for the young generation. It's like, and they like, want to stay at home and they mm -hmm. want to, they don't want to be the breadwinner, mm -hmm. you know? And for those women who are, you know, uh, blessed enough to find a man that can financially support a whole household in this day and age, in this in, economy, right? In this economy, in this economy, <laughs> Kudos to you, girl. If you kudos to you, but most women have to work because of this economy here, right? And so, I am the modern side of me is is independent, and I like to have my own, and I like to make my own, and I like to be doing something with myself, mm. other than just being a, a you know a wife and a caregiver and all that, which is a job that. It's serious. It, yes. it's, it's it's harder than most jobs that are out here. Okay, mm -hmm. so you know, and I and I, I totally respect those women that stay home and and keep the house prim and proper and and run it like a well oiled machine. Me, on the other hand, I I use my abilities in a variety of ways, but my husband also has abilities, and he's not afraid to use them, and so we kind of uh, work as a team. Um, I think that's what marriage is supposed to be about is like an actual team. Like you, you and that person are on a team. And mm -hmm. so things that have to get done, have to get done, period. You know what I'm saying? Like they just got to get done. So you got to pull together and do that in whatever suits you. So mm -hmm. I don't think anybody should be telling anybody how to formulate their marriage and what works for them. It might work for you. That's great if you want to be a traditionalist and, and hey. you don't work, you don't see outside other than to go in the garden. Hey, kudos to you, girl. But if you're like me, where I am a blend and I want to utilize my brain and my education and my skills and in other ways outside of the home and as long as you have that support, then I, I don't really see why everybody is so intrigued on mm -hmm. telling everybody how to live their life. There we go. I, that's my issue. I don't have a problem. I don't care what you people decide to, how you decide, again, like you said, to create happiness in your marriage. Hey, I'll do it. I don't, my thing is I don't need to know about it and no. I don't need you comparing it to say that there's a tone, like here's what I do that modern people won't like. Like, I don't give a shit, bitch. I really don't. So anyway, we wanted to leave these folks in 2023, but it's January. It's January unfortunate. Second. Still January 2nd, you know. they couldn't even give us a, sec a second day two five days. Like they're, they're, yeah, they're on a roll. To be quite honest, um, so, they kind of have been pushed to the side with the next topic because oh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mr. Man okay. came through. Okay, he came through. Okay. So, so <laughs> yeah, so we're, we can I think forget about that talk for just one minute because this man right here. 
<laughs> set it off in 2024. Yeah, set it off. Pretty much, we're gonna move on. That's our headlines. That's our wrap. Um, and we're gonna move into our first segment. And this week, we're gonna be doing a lot of mercy. <laughs> and if Kim hinted at it, this is like the thing everybody's talking about. The internet was broke on January <laughs> yeah. on January January second, twenty twenty four. Cat Williams, Cat Williams said, "I got the gap for everybody, and everybody's getting sprayed. Everybody's I getting got licked." The down. time the day, I got the time the day. Okay, because mm-hmm. he doesn't do this often. So no, honestly, he doesn't do interviews or podcasts <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, all right. So let Ooh. me just break it down, and before we get into it, so just some context. Cat Williams went to Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay. I believe yeah. is the name of the show, and he and it opened. Uh, the interview was two hours. I have to stress this. Interview clocks in at two hours and 45 minutes, damn near almost three hours. Okay, people. And I watched and... the entire thing because at first oh, yeah, I only I did, did I... half. I watched the yeah. entire thing. I went back, watched the hour and a half plus the extra hour and a half. Trust me. Mm-hmm. So um he went on the show, and let me tell you, not even two minutes in, and Kat is he's firing on all cylinders. He oh. was running circles around Shannon Sharp. Shannon didn't know what the hell what to, do, to do with himself. But he did Lord. one thing I appreciated is sit down and listen. That's one and, thing I appreciated. Yeah, just listen and laugh. Listen, listen and, and laugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, I'll, I think, okay, well, at least I'm not going to go through everything, but the context of how we opened was pretty much he saw a few episodes that had a lot of some high profile comedians and you know, this is a new podcast and it's very, I'll say club Shay Shay is very male centric and targeted towards men. And he's done, and and Shannon Sharp has done some really good interviews, even though it's not for me. I've Mm -hmm. seen some clips where I'm like, this is really good content. And he has a good way of getting his guests. Yeah, he is pretty good at, he is really good good at talking to to male. At least he knows how to appeal to men and getting them to open up. He's been doing that. That's true. Yeah. And so, so Kat opens by saying, that's amazing. You do, you really do a good job. That's uncomfortable. And you've had some people here that I, you know, that I want to address because they they were really comfortable. So they were comfortable. So I want to get here comfortable on your platform since mm-hmm. they were on this big platform and have and share my piece. And so then he goes in on some please, comments that please. This man had an AK twenty four. Everybody's head in this plea in the first half an hour. Okay, he let Ooh, off so much different rounds. Ooh, oh, I couldn't my. breathe. Like Shannon couldn't even talk. Shannon, he was couldn't hold- even catch a breath. Okay, he was he was holding on for dear life. Okay, Shannon Sharp was holding on to the couch for dear life. For Kat the first half an hour, roll. I was wondering, is, is he breathing? Is, is he breathing? Is Shay Shay breathing? Is, Shay Shay breathing? is he okay? No, for real. All he twice. could do, all yeah. he could do was. Sit- all he could do was sip his cognac and nervously just chuckle. Sit down and just—he <laughs> had to gather himself real quick. Like he's, 
But <laughs> it was so much. Not <laughs> a word. Okay, this machine gun just went off, and Shay Sha- Sha- had to step. He just had to sit there, like, "What is happening?" <laughs> okay, <is> so I want to. I'm just gonna call out the main. The main. I want to just call Ooh. out the main things to me, like the main things where there's re- details and receipts and and everything, and then we can kind of just just discuss overall. So, and you know, first of all, the re- this broke the internet because first of all, this is Cat Williams. Like people, yeah. people, y'all don't know. I don't know how you don't know, but if you don't know, Cat Williams is one of the funniest comedians. I've period. ever like, come He across. is so funny. I'll be honest and say his last special, I was not a, I was not a fan, but a lot of specials that I've seen in the past year, I was not a fan. They were not mm-hmm. that great. Even, Dave Chappelle just came out with a special, and I was like, mm, Dave. So, hey, he, maybe it's a trend. Like, everybody's just getting lazy because Netflix is throwing money at them. Right. But, so, anyway, very brilliant, very hilarious. Like, like 100% brilliant. He's on the Dave Chappelle level, um, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. so... He called out Cedric the Entertainer, who was on the show, because mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer stole jokes from him and some mm-hmm. of Kat's friends. He called out, uh, I, I want to start with Ricky Smiley, because for me, the Ricky Smiley thing was completely egregious. Because Oh my God, he said I was, he can't. I was offended. I was offended for Kat. Yeah, I was like, he- how could he? So Ricky Smiley was on the show. Uh, as well, earlier, uh, you know, probably a year prior, and and came on Club Shay Shay, that same platform, and had the nerve to fix his mouth mm-hmm. to see that he was supposed to play Money Mike. Get out of here with he that. Was off- <laughs> Get out of here. Like, where? How? How? How, <laughs> It wouldn't even make any sense. It Doesn't wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> Okay, and so that was to me. I feel like those the people who got roasted the most with receipts, where people are like fully like there's no contending, and people are being quiet, and none of them can say that cat's lying. Thank you, Ricky Smiley, Cedric the Entertainer, and Steve Harvey. The Steve Harvey got it pretty hard as well, and Kevin Hart. And Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. For me, the Kevin Hart stuff wasn't that because he said he's he's been saying that about Kevin Hart. So that wasn't really that groundbreaking for me as like, okay. So those are the three and those are his and you know, and he's gonna have the most info on that because those are people in his industry. Those are people he's come up in comedy stand up comedy with. Mm. And yeah, it was it was really interesting. Uh and his perspective, I appreciated his perspective on everything. And I'll say Here's what I got out of this because I don't really like getting into the dirt of celebrities because I don't they, they, those people are rich as fuck that has nothing to do with rich me, people right? problems mm-hmm. rich people problems that's it right but for me what I got out <laughs> of it is that this is the funniest I've seen him in a while like he was he he was talking truth but he was being he was putting on a show in terms of the comedy as well as far as I'm concerned but he was also real like he was real about his upbringing and everything it was really interesting I I didn't know his background like that. Like I knew, I knew he came from Ohio and he kind of made his way to the West coast, but I didn't know that journey, like him being in a religious family and stuff like that. So first of all, I appreciated learning his, a little bit more of his background. I appreciated the comedy and I appreciate 
damn, this man is witty as fuck. Like, listen, he gave me at least three, like, classic one-liners, okay? Classic. Two, and it, I, like, cat, like... I, like, he I've gave me some one-liners. Him. I've yeah, he's, always he's, he's, loved him. Like, he's very brilliant. Rip, from the mm-hmm. rip. Because he, like he's told, he said in his interview, mm. he said, I'm having a conversation. You know, in his stand-up, that's why it's so funny, is because he's having a conversation. You know, some of the best moments I've ever, like, bust a gut laughing mm. is Go when you're having just a conversation specials? with your yeah, friend yeah, sure. or with your family, and something comes up or something familiarizes in your brain or something like that, and and, mm. and through conversation. And so he he always crossed me as a very intelligent man. He he came up, he sure did, and mm-hmm. he did it the right way because what it seems to me is they never got to him, and he never sold his soul. He didn't and, want to, at least. Well, from from all the truth telling that he told in this interview in the first mm-hmm. half an hour, mm-hmm. listen, he's been the realist from get go, from mm-hmm. jump. Not the first time he said thing these things no, about no, these people. Not at all. He's no. Not at all. He's always and consistency. That's why I like him as a comedian because mm, he's mm. always been consistent. Now, some of the heavy hitters that he mentioned, like Steve mm. Harvey and you know Cedric the Entertainer, they kind of fell off, and I find that they didn't have the same pizzazz that he has to to remain for so long a comedian. That's why both Har- Steve Harvey and Cedric the Entertainer veered off into acting, you know, and they veered off into other things to use their, their you know, their, um, their comedy in. However, this guy has been doing stand-up forever, okay? And he has material that a lot of people, you can see in their acts, the younger generation, that was an inspiration. Um, I think he had a lot of things to get off his chest. He clearly. <laughs> and As nobody was Shannon, quite ready. Shannon you know? fucked around and found out that he yep. had some shit to say. <laughs> yeah, because you let certain people on that show, Shannon, you sure did. And mm-hmm. um, they had a lot to say about uh, about Cat Williams. And um, Cat Williams had time today. And he came... And he said, yeah, well, here's what I think. Mm-hmm. And it literally broke the internet in half, okay? And people will be talking about this for a long time because a lot of what he said, nobody, like you said, nobody has come back and refuted it. Everybody is trying to sweep it under the rug. And at mm-hmm. one point, Ricky Smiley was kind of saying, kind of in agreeance with what from his response, it sounded mm-hmm. like he was kind of in agreement with the course of events that happened that Cat Williams mentioned. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Cat, you need to warn people next time, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that you're gonna come out, you know, with a vengeance like this. Like, um, I wasn't ready, you know. There was a lot of one liners, but there was a lot of truth in what he said. And mm. if you if if now you'll see on the internet people are putting together compilations and, and and collages of what Cat Williams is talking about. So I feel like he's, you know, keeping comedy relevant. 
in yeah. in this whole situation. But um, some of those jokes, you know, you you shouldn't like that. Like, it's not nice. <laughs> it's not nice. Mm. How you're saying that Cedric the Entertainer he couldn't take his arms away from his stomach. Mm, like a walrus. See, that's what he said. Like a say, walrus. Yeah, a walrus. <laughs> that's right. Nikki's Ricky Smiley saying that he's better in a dress. Mm, he's a better he, comedian in he, a dress. Comedian, he said he's never played a convincing role as a man. That's what he wow. said to Rick about Ricky Smiley. And he talked Tyler about Perry. some honorable mentions where he talked about Kim Kardashian at one point, said mm. a little something about Kanye a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. he came for the jugular on a, a variety of people, like Diddy mentioned mm-hmm. his ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you did him. I, I don't know what you did him. But. And let's be honest, okay? So we kind of went through, like, the main points, but I also want to be acknowledged, at least from my point of view, for me. I think he spoke his truth as he understood it and he sees it and he's been in the game for many, many years, probably over 30 years at least. And fine. But I also, obviously, there's a lot of, I don't want to use the word bitter, but there's a lot of emotion there. There's a lot, he's been, Kat's been through a lot. And when you're in a career such as stand-up, which is tough, show business in general is tough, but stand-up in particular is, to me, the, the really the hardest art in terms of being an artist in stand-up because it's just you. At the end of the day, it's just you, one person, entertaining a crowd, and that's all on you. You own that, right? So right. I think, and then obviously he loves he, he loves acting, and he's good at acting. And I've always felt with the Tiffany Haddish thing is that, and maybe he, like Kevin Hart, he feels that like okay, Kevin Hart was a plant, and and Kevin Hart planted Tiffany, and he has a problem with that, and that's him for him to have a problem. But I think like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, outside of the joke stealing and stuff, what God has for you, and and he and as somebody the way he spoke, I know he believes this. What God has for you mm-hmm. is yours, exactly. And so it's hard if you believe that, like if you believe that, like somebody like Tiffany Haddish shouldn't bother you. No, and I think I think what he, you know, what I got from Cat was that he was a he was letting a lot of it off of his chest that has accumulated mm, yeah. over several yes, years. Yes, he was letting some stuff off at his least chest. a decade from when they mm. started saying that he was on crack and mm. you know he was losing it and he was crazy and all these things and you know sometimes when you're walking with the truth, mm. it's tough. Yeah. As, it's it's tough to have all these people coming at you and it's even harder to like stay like to have integrity and to still have a good character and morals and ethics and see how all these some of the you know at certain parts of his career I'm sure he was looking around like why do they have that and I'm doing the right thing so mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Why is this loud of mercy for me? Because I was not ready. Ready. I was was... not ready. And I will be paying closer attention to Shannon. Yes, I will. Mm. I will. Because I've seen certain clips as well outside of Cat Williams that I was like, oh, you're... Yeah, I've seen some good clips from that show, yeah. Right? And so I think that um, he took everybody by storm. And I think that a lot of people don't really know what to say. Like, 
You know, they don't know what to say. Uh, he let the He's cat a out lot of the bag. One thing I could say. One mm. thing I could say is that he brought a lot of people from the the the, uh, the forest. He, he brought sure Kevin Kevin Hart said something. Tiffany said something. Cube Ice Cube even Ice Cube had to like like I said I felt like Ricky got Ricky Smiley got fucking decimated. Sure um, did. Ricky sure Smiley did. got decimated. Okay, Cat said. You know what? Your your son just died, and you decided to come up on here and club Shay Shay and tell a bold face, face lie. lie. Bold I face was like, lie. "Damn, cat! Ooh, cat! <laughs> Horrible! Horrible!" So yeah. So what was I gonna say? Uh, what were, I don't remember where I was going with this, but anyway, yeah, he he came um on the show and um. Yeah, he had some stuff to get up. Here's what I like. Uh, I heard that he has a tour coming up. He's been touring because I've seen clips of his tour from last year. Mm-hmm. So his tour, he's doing a, a tour right now. So, you know, those seats are well and well, very much well and sold, completely sold out, right? And I'm happy to see him again. And I hope that this leads to a lot more Cat Williams. And I would love to see him acting more. I know he's been doing. He's he's never stopped with comedy, but I actually think he's a brilliant actor. I would say if there's the last thing where he actually won an Emmy for playing the Alligator Man in that show Atlanta on oh, wow. the on, on Donald Glover's show Atlanta, which was you know epic. It was an epic epic episode, and I was so happy to see him there, and that he was rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I want to see more of Cat, and I want him to be able to do his thing. Obviously, he's pissed off some some people, but I think when you call shit out that's going on, their dirtiness, their their like nastiness at whatever they've done behind the scenes, you have that extra scrutiny, you know. So yeah. I've seen since this interview all the clips were the word by word clips that Cedric the Entertainer did from Cat Williams' joke side by Literally. side. Literally. There was a side-by-side joke of Mark Curry hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mark Curry at the joke he did and the joke that, um, what's-his-face, Steve Harvey did, that joke that he stole. Yeah. And a side-by-side of hanging with Mr. Cooper's show and Steve Harvey's show, which was pretty much a rip-off of hanging with Mr. Cooper. He ripped off his entire career. Which Literally. is, ugh. Because after that, we didn't really hear much from Mark No, Curry. we didn't hear from him anymore. No. I actually and I saw... Think- on the- Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, having your entire, like you're, could you imagine you think of some, something so innovative and someone comes along and steals that entire career? It, it can, it could really, you know, affect you mentally. And I think Mark Curry, honestly, you're, you're, you're a really good man. Because you could have called him out and destroyed his career a long time ago. Well, he been he called. There's an interview. The interviewed surfaced where he, he was telling uh, somebody about that 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 happened. So it's it's out there now, and Cat just brought more attention to it. And Cat, yeah. he's also touring with Cat because I saw some videos again uh, from the Cat's tour where he was uh, doing some comedy, and he's still funny as hell. So Cat mm-hmm. treats his friends very very well, and they. Yes, you know. that's what I'm hearing. But what I did want to, I, I did want to note was one thing mm. that um, Shannon said. He's like, "Oh, aren't you afraid to be blackballed?" Yes, that's where right? I was going with this. Yeah. Oh, was that what you were gonna? 
Sorry. No, no, yeah, that was what yeah. I forgot. Yeah, but go on, go on, go on. So, and he's like blackballed. I own everything. Yep, what, everything he does. What you mean? Huh? No, I own it all. All these specials that you're seeing, all of this, you know, comedy tours that I'm going on, I fund it. I own mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And as a businessman, I think he is brilliant. You know, he has taken full control over his brand and he's reaping what he puts in and mm-hmm. nobody else. I mean, I'm sure obviously there's people that have to get their cut to do the actual uh, tour or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever special, but he owns it. So as mm-hmm. we see it over and over on, on Netflix or on Tubi or wherever, <laughs> okay, yeah. the money is going into his pocket. And I thought that was actually really brilliant, you know, um, really, really brilliant. But that's all I wanted to say about that. And so when he answered him, blackballed. Yeah. Huh? And that's one I'm thing doing again. This, doing any of this for cloud. I don't. I, yeah. That's one thing again that I think that um, I've always known about him in terms of outside of like the people that he's not a big fan of is he. And that's how he's been able to survive by upfronting all of his tours and his comedy specials he's had a lot of control and obviously more profit margin um by doing that so kudos to cat i'm um, mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing more of him i hope he's covered and he is actually covered uh by the grace of gods and we hope the world mm-hmm. of his talents the world continues to see his talents and i hope he's okay i hope he's okay hope yes. he just had something to get off his chest and that's that yes but Cat William, lot of mercy. Next time you're going, do that. Please let me know what going, Redrin, because I nearly bust a gut. <laughs> you, you can't come at us like that, man. Like We're not prepared. We're not ready. Mm-hmm. But what we'll move on into and what we are we are prepared for right now is the workouts. Yeah. The workouts. <laughs> Yes, this is where we usually work out our hearts and exercise our mental fitness with deep dive discussions. And so with it being a new year, 2024, mm-hmm. it's a new year, people. It's a new year. And so we want to talk about the new year and things that we can look forward to in the new year, things that we hope to achieve, accomplish, or to even just be a part of. And so Let's talk about the new year, a new page. And so for me, I am not the type that likes to make New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm, Never been that person. However, there's always, I always like to make goals, right? I always like to achieve things, uh, no matter how big or how small. And so some things that I'm looking forward to in, in the new year, you know, Better health, better health, you know, um, which is definitely something that we should all be looking into, seeing that we just came off of this uh, panini, this (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) But also making memories. Yeah. This year, I want to make some memories. I don't know what that means. Don't ask. I just know (laughs) in my brain that... The more memories that I can make, I think 
the best year that I'll have. Of course, yeah. You know, those memories can take shape in whatever way. That's why I want to leave it very broad for myself. And health as well. Health is not just my physical body, but yeah, I need to deal with that too. But my mental, Mm. you know, and staying focused and getting through the winter and, you know, the winter blues and, Mm. and, and having a hope for the future and things that I want to see happen that will make me smile, make me have some fun, create some memories that I can remember, take some pictures that I can keep, you know, just be in company with people who um, have a positive disposition, who, who, who really genuinely want to live and have positivity in their life and in their heart and have good times and good moments. So to be more specific, I'm going to let you, you, you talk about what you're thinking for your next page, your new Mm. year. And I'll think of specifics in the meantime. Yeah. And if you don't have specifics, that's okay. I think that sounds Amazing. Yeah, I like you're to keep it general forward, for the most part. You're looking part. forward to to making new memories and capturing that. And yes, yes. And um, I think that's like super important. I think Gen Z is really good at capturing it. It might even be fake, but they're really good at capturing it. But is it real? I don't know. And then with some of us millennials, especially if we're a little bit older, I think capturing it is is a hard part because it's, you're not the first person I've heard say that. Um, and they're usually people who are not like heavy on the social media, but it's still, you, you, you don't need to be on social media to capture moments. However you want to share it, you share it, or you have, even if it's just for you and your family, you have it, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So new year. So I guess the perspective that I always have for new year's, if I think about like, you know, it's weird because I'll, I'll caveat like when I was growing up. There was a period, not like when I was super young, but there was a period, I would say, from the time of around, mm, let's say, at least 14, around 13, 14 ages, all the way up until I, you know, maybe late 20s, I, every new year, or most of you years, not every new year, because I got rebellious, is that I go, my parents go to night, watch night service or night night service to bring in the new year. And so when you grow up with that and you experience that, you know, as a kid, you're like, what the hell, man? What are you doing here so long? I want to go home. Like, mm-hmm. it's like bad enough I have to go to church for New Year's Eve, but mm-hmm. like we're staying here so long because the church that they went to, the midnight wasn't the end of it. Like you, you were praying until at least, you know, one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was that. And then obviously when I got into my twenties and college and stuff, you know, I did the party thing a few times. I did the party thing. Yeah. And one thing I could say is the party thing was never worth it. The no. New Year's Eve party was never worth the effort, the money. It was just the planning. It was never worth it. No. I always hated it. I was always cold as hell, drunk as hell. I'm like, I just want to be in my bed. And it's so hard to get home. In the and warmth, it's just, man. Jeez. And so anticlimactic. It always felt like empty and useless when I went to party for New Year's Eve in my 20s and stuff like that. So 
sometime, like in my early thirties, I even though I stopped going, you know, I moved out and I stopped going to church with my parents. I still decided to be like, okay, my sisters went to a church where they have a similar service, and it ends right after, pretty much right after the ball drops. So more up my alley. But it is a time where I set my intentions and say that gap between the 31st and the new year mm-hmm. is about, you know, I gratitude. And so mm-hmm. I thank God. I thank God for the previous year and bringing me to this exact moment where I get to look the next year in the eyes, in this case, mm-hmm. 2024 in the eyes. I also ask him for guidance going into the next year, whatever yeah. that is. Obviously, yeah. continue the blessings that have been there, but also help me for those times where, you know, it'll be tough. Yeah. Give me tools. Give shed light. Yeah. Uh, bring people into my life where, you know, new things, new and good things will happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I see that that's generally how I always go into the new year is that mm-hmm. I thank God for the year that passed and I ask God for what I want or need or hope for um in the next year. Yeah. And obviously some of that has to do with me as well. So something that I want to work on, I think in 2024 is staying connected. Mhm. I was like I didn't do a good job this year. I think last year was like my worst year of that, but yeah. I want to work on it. And I'm like I said, I'm not trying to punish myself for not doing it, but it's, I think starting the year with that attention will still mm-hmm. make you cognizant and you'll, it'll help you put a little bit more effort than to just seeing an issue and, and saying you want to do it and not like, you know, so I think that is something I want to get better at. And also take advantage of, like I said, in this new year, it's a time of renewal. I always have a, I always start the year with a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. So like just, it's just a fact. And I think most people do. It's just the fact it's a new year. You start fresh, all the bullshit, all the nonsense, whatever happened in the previous year, whatever disappointments, whatever it's done. The year's done. Everything's done. That's what, you know what I it's mean? It's over. Yeah, I know. And so now it's like time to start fresh and like that, that refreshing energy can go into whatever, whatever you want it to be. You know, a lot of people, talk about like working out. So, you know, now is the time when the gyms are like packed or they're rammed Mm because everybody's resolution or goal has something to do with weight because, you know, in the winter, especially in the holiday, you do a lot of eating and stuff. You probably might add Mm -hmm. a few pounds and you're feeling guilty. And so you want to, you have the energy now to get into the gym. Right. But, and, and, mm. and health is always, I feel something that we should work on, Every day, every hour. Every day, yeah. So it's kind of you nonsense know. when people. It is bullshit. It is. When, you it know, is. That's why I don't. I packed. don't like resolutions, or I don't like yeah. to. Uh, yeah, I'd no. like to so redirect what, that energy into something I know that I yes, can achieve. Exactly. You know so I mean? the energy and be that's really with you have to yeah. be consistent because after January thirty first, right, and you sign up for the new. Yeah, <laughs> the new membership. Yeah, right. And they're taking money out of your account in February every, and you haven't every been to the month, gym. Right, and <laughs> you know it's hard as hell to cancel them damn memberships for some mm-hmm. reason. It's the hardest thing to man to cancel the gym membership. But <laughs> That's anyhow, true. you you need to focus on 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 health of mind. 
as yes. well. I feel like they kind of go hand in hand, you especially do. with exercising, endorphins, and all that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Anyway, but I think health of mind to 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 get up every day, even though sometimes it might be hard, and sometimes we might not have the answers, and we have to look to God, and we have to wait on God. For mm. when he's ready to expose the answer or to align us in a position to receive a blessing. So, you know, staying mentally mentally healthy is very important. And so, very important. You know, we've talked in the past on our different episodes of how you can do that or how you can invest time in doing that for yourself mm-hmm. as a, just as an idea to get started. And then you go from there. You know, new a new year and a new page is, we get one every single day. We get a new page every single and, day. Yeah, it's true. Right? And when the new year comes, I think of it like it's a continuum. However, I have left things behind because your past is your past, your present is your present, and mm-hmm. your future is unknown. And so... I know I have a past, but it is a continuum of, of a constant trying to better self, right? In whatever shape or form mm-hmm. that might be. And so for some people, it's signing up for the gym membership. And for some people, it's getting a library card, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. for Take some other course. people, you know, like, right. And so I feel like there's a a, a constant renewal of yourself that you should be aiming to make, you know, Mm -hmm. that you should be trying to continue because when you shed that old skin, this, this old skin is still there, you know, about it, you know, what happened and you're going forward with something new with what you've learned. Right. And so it's a continuous thing. It's a continuous growth. And in the meantime, in between time, whatever goals you might want to set for yourself. I know for me, God is very important and I, and I do thrive to, to have a closer relationship with him every day. Like literally every day I wake up hoping to be closer to him and learning more about him and trying to figure out ways where I can stay close. Mm -hmm. But whatever out there, your listeners, what, what helps you get through that day, that month, that year, whatever, aspirations you want to build for yourself, let it be positive ones because they're easier to look forward to, you know, Mm -hmm. positive, um, direction and hoping for another page in, in, in your book of life. Right. And, um, everybody has a different book to write, you know, and we're blessed to see another year. We're blessed that this is 2024. There's a lot of things out here that are going on around us. And I think to stay positive is, is it's hard in itself. And so whatever positivity you can gain in your new year, I I really hope that for everybody. I hope that for you, Jeanette, for my family, Mm, for my friends, for you listeners out there, Life is short, so live mm. it positively. Yep. You know, takes too much energy. You know, it takes more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile. To smile. <laughs> right? And so it that says a lot. It takes a, less energy to yeah. be positive 
than it does to be negative. So hold on to the positivity in your life, everybody. Hold on to the yeah. people who are actually in your corner and that wish you the best. And whatever your um, aspirations are for 2024, I hope you all achieve them. Whatever or that might be. get closer to them. Right? Get closer mm. and closer to them. Yes. This year, I want to start making my own pasta. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah, I've been starting to think about, you know, the food industry and all the food that we eat and things. My mind has been going racing and I've said, you know what? I want to start making more of my own food. Okay. I love it. You know, uh, that's just a small aspiration of mine. That's something that a memory that I will create because I've never really done it on my own. Don't mm-hmm. come for me, listeners. I haven't done it on my own. I know it's super simple, but I haven't done it yet, okay? It's Leave actually a lot. Yeah. I'm going to do it, you know? <laughs> but that will be a memory for me to achieve in the future, mm-hmm. as small as it might be, right? So mm-hmm. we do want to wrap up the show and leave it on a positive note. And positivity is the note that we want to continue going on for 2024 over mm-hmm. here at Hearts and Minds. That's yep. what we want to do over here. Okay, and Cat Williams, you honestly, raw. You made <laughs> it easy. You made it easy for me, and so we do hope that your hearts and minds were activated on this week's show. So whether you lead with your heart or your mind, please stay passionate and thoughtful. We'll talk to y'all real soon. Bye. Bye bye.